0: Welcome to another episode of Failing Forward. I'm your host, Steve Hofstetter. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, comment, subscribe, share it, do all of the stuff that you do with media that you enjoy so that it keeps being free for you. I'm joined here today by Mark Brazil. Now, Mark, I would say the credit most people would know you for is creating that 70s show. Yeah. Which is a pretty big deal. That's that's a show that I think most people are very familiar with. It's a show that launched... A lot of careers. It's so many of those shows. they will be like, oh, maybe one person emerged from that. I mean, even Friends. Some of them really didn't do that much afterward. No, that's true. But yeah. that '70s show. Aside from Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, also then you had you know Wilmer Valderrama who went on to a lot of other things. Topher Grace who went on to a lot of other things. It's it's pretty and Laura Prepon. It's pretty incredible the talent that came out of that show. Yeah, that was
1: lightning in a bottle. Yeah? well, And uh, I also feel that <clears throat> the Turners and I, Turners were my partners on that, they created Third Rock from the sun, and we knew each other, we were friends, and uh, I think we were given quite a, a large window to develop it. And w- we had a great casting director, it was uh, uh, Lieberman Hirschfeld, uh, which became Lieberman Patton, I think. It's just mm-hmm. brilliant casting. And uh, we were given the time to find the ones we wanted, and we said to them, please, we don't want... It's okay if they've never acted if you think they're good. Just bring them to us. That's great. Uh, and so four of them had never acted before, and I I really wanted that because I didn't want bad habits. Who, and was, I...
0: who was the one that had?
1: Uh, Danny... Had been on Sybil, I think.
0: Oh right, Dan- I completely forgot about Dan Danny Masterson.
1: Masterson had been on Sybil, and then uh, Mila played actually Angelina Jolie in Gia on HBO when when she was supposed to be Angelina Jolie as a little girl. Yeah, and uh, but other than that, Laura was uh, an actress, but more model. Uh, Ashton was a model. In fact, we went to get popcorn once, and he was on the bag in some underwear ad, and it was all of <laughs> all of the guys from the show, and it was terrible yeah <laughs> we're like are you kidding he goes i don't do that anymore you that's know? So, so funny so uh and wilmer had never acted before in fact i went to wilmer's high school graduation yeah and i went with deborah joe and linda wallam and the three of us sat somewhere in the valley it's brutally hot it's the biggest sacrifice ever made for wilmer but it was amazing because the we had filmed 13 shows without being on the air mm-hmm None of his classmates understood what was happening with him. Yeah. Nobody knew he was going to be on a TV show on Fox. I, and I, I was like, because they go, hey, yeah, good, have a good summer, see ya.
0: And I thought, they don't know, you know. Yeah, they don't get that he's about to be a household name.
1: Yeah, they don't know. He's well, got his, uh, he's on one of his own, a show that I thought was going to be pretty good.
0: Well, and it was, but also there are plenty of pretty good shows that never even make it to air.
1: Yeah, oh, I know. Well, the first the pilot has an ending, which you know, in pilots it's there's there's never a third act. But yeah. technically you look at the pilot for 70s, he he's like boy meets girl. Uh boy has problem breaking away from father to do what he wants with girl. Boy gets girl cuz yeah. she she kisses him at the end. And that's an ending. Right. You know. And and where you go from there, well, we don't know. But uh I always thought because of a smoking pot that it would just be a short film that I could use yeah. you know along you know with the Turners I wanted to I saw it as a short film that would do really well in festivals and that's really I never thought they would do
0: it because of the pot that is really crazy that Fox and I understand the weird thing about Fox a lot of people don't realize that because people hear Fox and they go oh Fox News but Fox no, broadcasting they, has been responsible for some of the most subversive comedies of all time yeah whether whether it's The Simpsons or Family Guy or Married with Children, stuff that's way ahead of its time when it starts and that we take for granted afterward. Yeah. But even Fox was even the channel that would syndicate Benny Hill, which, while completely inappropriate by today's standards, was something that I remember as a kid being like, what the hell is this? My, and, dad,
1: my dad and I would watch that show and just crack up. When he slapped the little bald man's head. Yeah. It it was always I'm sorry, it was funny. I like the stooges too though. Yeah, so, but
0: <laughs> but also it was like semi nudity. Right which was well, something yeah. that we didn't expect. But for but to go back to a fox putting on a core part of that show is that they would get together and they would smoke pot in the basement. Well, you think about this, it's like there are two foxes. Yeah. You know? Uh,
1: John Ashcroft put Tommy Chong in prison for bongs. Yeah. Uh, you don't get much more conservative. <laughs> and he's yeah. on a Fox show. And if yeah. you look at uh, FX is just off the chart with its uh, permissiveness. And see, that's the thing. It's like there is that kind of school of radical conservatism, which is like, get over it. Yeah. You know, snowflake, you know, F your feelings. It's like, OK.
0: Well, we're also talking We're so the gold- the Golden Globes just happened. And Ricky Gervais, do you see the speech that he had about. You know, how- I don't, I never
1: watch any award shows in Hollywood because I find it to be, you know, they don't break their arm patting each other on the back. I went to the, yeah. I've been nominated for an Emmy twice. I went, it's hot. Uh, it's boring. Yeah. I thought, um, I, I went to the Globes once because I was on Third Rock and Third Rock actually won the Golden Globe. Yeah. You know, I was a, uh, either a writer or a co-producer or something on the show. So the Golden Globes is a lot of fun, but I just don't like award shows in Hollywood because I think it reinforces stereotypes the rest of America has about us.
0: It does, and I never watched them either. I saw this clip on Twitter, and it was Ricky Gervais. My reaction to it was, wow, he really doesn't want to host this anymore because he gave a speech that was basically like, you guys act like you're so woke and you have principles but look who you work for. And he just names a bunch of companies that are there. And he said, and the joke he made was, if ISIS starting a, started a streaming service, you'd call your agent.
1: <laughs> it was
0: such a wonderful <laughs> send-up of what it is, but it is true that there are a lot of people, and we were talking about this off-air before we started, the idea that principles are expensive, but there are a lot of people who get addicted to the success and addicted to the fame, and they will ignore what's going on around them in order to in order to get a little more of that and and also i'll I'll, that topic it's
1: like to feed your children people have done some pretty awful things they put up with a lot of garbage i used to give myself such a hard time about having a hit on fox although in my defense in 98 99 it's not what it is now right uh, however and NBC really wanted the show. They never would have done it. They would have put it on the air, and then they would have said, oh, no. Because I got pushback at the at the uh, Critics Association, mm-hmm. how irresponsible I was to show kids getting high. Yeah. And I was like.
0: Yeah, that's true, because it wasn't just pot. It was teenagers smoking pot. Yeah,
1: it was teenagers smoking pot. And Terry Turner is the one who said, look, you're not going to do Elliot Ness without the drinking. Yeah. And so and I got high all through. Uh, Look, I had college girls get me high when I was 11. because it would have been cute. And by the way, that's in, in, you know, it's a long time ago. So you can't judge those college girls because everybody's a hippie and everybody's doing everything and everybody's dropping. And they think that
0: they're doing a good thing by exposing a kid. That's they think they're doing the equivalent of being like, oh, let's let this kid read Shakespeare young.
1: Well, right, because <laughs> that's what I they think is there more is like. Hey, let's get the cat high. <laughs> yeah, well, that like, too. Yeah. They're like twenty, and I'm like eleven, maybe, and and yeah. I just want to be around hot twenty year old girls, and they're going to give me marijuana, and I can hang out. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and in that town we grew up in the in New York in the seventies, you had a fake ID, you went into bars,
0: and just so people are clear on this, this is like the Buffalo side of New York. This is not the yeah. New York side of New York.
1: It's a border, and it is a border town. Cause and wh- so when when you're like that close to Canada and a border, or, you know, I know New York City had its own stuff. you're going to have drugs. You're going to have everything.
0: Well, it's also the difference. Like, I remember, so I grew up in New York City. I grew up in Queens. And I remember we weren't that bored because there was so much going around. There There was just so much going on around us, I mean. And so, yeah, I remember when, like, I think we were 14 or 15 when a lot of kids started smoking. And I don't even mean pot. I just mean cigarettes. Yeah. And, you know, probably 16 when people were getting into drinking. And when I talked to some of my friends who grew up in the suburbs, they were like, yeah, that stuff happened at 11 and 12. Yeah. Because they were so much more bored than we were. That's exactly right. There was nothing to do. Yeah. And I was in a college town. Yeah. Which, by the way, the, the my
1: my town's claim to fame and Dunkirk, Fredonia, New York had the most bars per square foot of any place in America.
0: So you grew up in Fredonia. I grew so up in Fredonia. Yeah, State so
1: University of New York is there. And, yeah. You know. Um, I was born in Buffalo. My whole family's from like Williamsville or Amherst or all, you know, Buffalo itself. And uh, which um, was great. We stayed in that area until I hit 19 and then I came to San Diego. Yeah. I actually went from the border of Canada to the border of Mexico. Because I, <laughs> I was in Chula Vista, uh, Chula Vista Bonita is, is right in San Ysidro. It's all on the border. Yeah. And uh, I thought, wow, you went as far as you could go without leaving the country. Yeah, so. <laughs> this was really
0: the corner. Like, it's the push pins that hold up the map. Yeah. The—I um, actually didn't even realize it until recently. I was in a part of Canada where Maine was north of it. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, because you always yeah. just think of Canada as above. Well, cause but, yeah, but we, extend up. we yeah. extend up and over. Um. Oh, so anyway,
1: I was just thinking about Fox. It's like I did give myself a lot of grief over the amount of money I made for that corporation, you know, and uh, because I felt like, oh, my God, how ironic would it be if if my show and a subversive subversive program like The Simpsons and all these other things funded this
0: disaster for America? It kind of did. But at the same point, while it gave them money, it gave other people culture and opinions. And I think that that's important because they're trying to use their money to create culture and opinions. And so having a show that does that naturally, having a show that normalizes children having their own opinion, like teenagers being able to think for themselves, yeah, that's a very important thing to do. And having something that is absolutely against the whole like, well, son, you learned a valuable lesson. Like, that is what is going to change us in the future, and it is what's going to empower people like Greta Thunberg and people like that who are going to be able to grow up watching something like that, not saying that that's what she did, but grow up watching something like that and say, hey, yeah, I should rebel.
1: Well, that was like one of the – I didn't like lessons, and I didn't like pat endings. I didn't like any of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't even like, act, I mean, like Jeopardy at the act break. I was like oh. – you're telling a story. It's the second half of the story. But we yeah. had... There was one show where you're supposed to learn something where Jackie basically convinces Hyde that Michael's not his friend because he laughed when he fell off the water tower. And he never respects you. And and she's Yago, you know? She's like... Yeah. And then he's like... And and finally, Kelso's like, you laugh at me and you're not my friend and you don't respect me. And uh, Hyde just says... You remember when I was in your backyard and, and like, your dog, uh, you know, Yogi, bit me? And Kelso goes, yeah, <laughs> like, a, laughing yeah. at the memory. And he goes, right. He goes, and you laughed. And he goes, yeah, and you bled and you cried. <laughs> and he goes, I bled. I didn't cry. And uh, he goes, so... You got hurt and I laughed and uh, I got hurt and you left so what do we know? And Kelso goes, it's funny when friends get hurt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like that's the lesson. That's the lesson. Yeah. You know,
1: because it's like what uh, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> well, cuz it's not over the top cheesy, but it does to anyone of any shred of intelligence does understand the idea of like, well, we're breaking each other's balls and that's And you laugh what at yourself. Is.
1: It's a lot of fun. My humiliation You know, that was a pretty, it was a cottage industry for me. I loved Woody Allen. Woody Allen was my, you know, when I was a kid, I thought, this is the funniest guy in the world. And being put upon and not getting the girl. And then when he was the Romeo, it's even funnier. Yeah. You know, so I thought humiliation is the funniest thing in the world
0: afterwards. (laughs) Afterwards. It's the, well, this is going to be a good story to tell type thing. And it's actually why, you know, that type of thing is why I like, touring with other comedians even though I could make more money just using a local opener. Yeah. But the reason I like fly my guys out and you know and pay them way, way more is because when shit goes wrong, as it inevitably does, it's so much better when you can laugh about it with someone else instead yeah. of stewing about it by yourself.
1: Yeah, it's such a you know, I've had such wonderful times on the road with other comics. I mean, it's yeah. it really is amazing when it's three people that get along.
0: Well, I want to talk to you about when shit goes wrong. Um, and let's do it after the break. Okay. Uh, make sure to support the people who support us. We'll see you in a sec. So joined here by Mark Brazil, creator of That 70s Show and fellow stand-up comedian. And uh, I want to hear, you know, I, I know about your success because everybody knows about your success. That show was a runaway train. Um, and It was so successful that they tried to spin it off unsuccessfully. So yes, they did. Yeah, that '80s show, right?
1: Yeah, that '80s show, uh, which, by the way, had a political sensibility behind it. That, first of all, I never wanted to call it that Mm -hmm. because I wrote the pilot of that show with two other, with Terry Turner and with Linda Wallum. But I didn't really work on the show, and I didn't run the show. Yeah, it was. Which, by the way, at that moment when I had both '80s and '70s on, I would go into '70s and go, "Look, I got a fire over at '80s; got to put it out." (laughs) I go over to that eighty show, I go, Yeah, wheel came off at seventies. I'm gonna see you guys tomorrow. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> and then just go home. Then I'd make sure my car was hidden so no one saw me go home. But honestly, my thing was it's not laziness. Um I did have I was single and I did have two children. Single I was getting divorced. I was separated. Yeah. I had two kids. I was going home. Yeah. And uh because I knew that the people I hired in almost every position was the best you could get. Yeah. So and and better than me and didn't scare me at all. I was really happy to have people better than me. So maybe they'll teach me something and you know, I'm almost a high school dropout. Yeah. So everything was kind of from books or from being a stand-up.
0: So what went wrong, man?
1: Um what went wrong on 80s is I felt like first of all when you name it that that's like uh that's it's like uh new coke. Yeah. It's going to have to live up to Coke. It can't. Yeah. It took Coke years to become Coke.
0: Yeah, people <laughs> are invested in those characters. Yeah. They're, it's, the, it's the same type of thing when any artist of any kind, when you do something new, people will go, oh, well, that's not as good as X, which made me a fan. And it's like, of course it's not as good as the thing that made you a fan because the thing that made you a fan was perfect for your sensibilities, whatever that was.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think had you not named it that, yeah, it stood a chance. What would you have named it? Um, oh God, I forget. I had, uh, you know, we had a ton of uh, names f- that we wanted to name it, but the uh, Fox was adamant. Yeah, they thought they were going to SVU it or SCI. You know, yes, or, uh, yeah. You know, and you know, CSI at, '80s. Yeah, CSI or <laughs> NCIS or one of the SUV. And yeah. I was like, it's not. It doesn't. I've never sort of seen that. Young Sheldon frightened me. I'm glad it's doing well. Right? Yeah. I mean
0: I couldn't believe that that would do well There are so many things on television the name is really important yeah like every show, I feel like there are so many shows where the second they name it something I'm like I can't watch that like I never saw an episode of it it was on TV for maybe a minute but there was a show selfie no, no, this set I just saw billboards for it the second I saw that name I was like ugh gross. But then when you think about it, you go, the creator of that probably wasn't like, hey, let's name a show selfie. No. There's probably some marketing exec in an office somewhere going, What's a what's a word that kids used to use four years ago? Cause that's what so many think, like when Laughs wasn't speaking of shows on Fox, when my show is on Fox, the other name the re- I did not want to call it Laughs, but the reason I okayed that is because the name they suggested before that was R O F L. And I was like, Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. They, they keep making it...
1: They keep tightening the ratchet until you... The reason it got named that 80s show and the reason... Oh, God. Um, no, it was Fox's... I have a story about... and It's an unpleasant story. It's about network and studio exactly. Well, then,
0: yes, please. Well, when my child,
1: <laughs> when my youngest, Eden, uh, was four, mm-hmm. we would make cookies, all right? We'd make oatmeal raisin cookies. And... You know, making cookies with a four-year-old is, okay, so you get the butter and you get the oats and you get the brown sugar and you get everything and you mix it all together and then you you, you put the raisins, the lion's share of raisins get put in by you and then you say, okay, it's time to put And She's been, you know... Fingering six raisins for the last hour, which is unpleasant to do to your guests because God knows where a four-year-old's hand has been. Absolutely. But I said, Okay, what what about the raisins? And she drops her dirty raisins in in the mix, and I go, Hope I don't get one of those. And then so I make mix it up. It's cookie roulette. I put each cookie (laughs) on the tray, put the tray in the oven, 325, about twenty minutes, get the cookies out, take them off, put them on a plate. I said, here you go, Eden, bring these out to your guests. She takes the cookies out to the guest, and because she's four, she says, I made these. Right. That's what a network and a studio executive does.
0: (laughs) I was wondering where this story went, and the second you get to the I made these, I was like, "Uh, Yeah,
1: so it's Dirty Raisins, which, by the way, and the reason I bring that up is because everybody was hands off on 80s, but it's my failure. And and everybody involved in 70s lifted it to Herculean heights. Yeah. Okay, so what they say is, you know, success has many fathers. Failure is an orphan. Yeah. So whatever I could or could not have done on 80s, it is my bad. It is my bad for not going, I'm not going to do this. Well, the...
0: First of all, we should call it dirty raisins. that's a wonderful dirty raisins. that's a wonderful name for a sitcom <laughs> uh, Also a great name for this episode but no, but the idea that's such a that's such a good point because the idea of people and you know you see it on the internet with there there's a there's a comic and I, I forget I think it might be ironically by uh, the comic The oatmeal. Um, but there is, there is a comic where basically someone goes over to someone and go, I made this. And the person looks at it and then turns around and goes, I made this. Right. And there's such a culture of that online, but there's a culture of that in the workforce as well. The idea of putting a tiny handprint on something, sometimes where a handprint should not go. Sometimes you've, you know, you've messed up the glass window or whatever it is and you still go, this is mine now. It's
1: just enough to maintain plausible deniability. Yeah. I was in Fox once, and this is not... (laughs) They're painting the place. You have to understand, there had been four network presidents in the first three or four years of my, my series. Yeah. Well, you know, that's probably the only reason it stayed on the air. Because nobody knew what to do, and it was doing well, and they only had one sitcom. But I went in there and I'm in Fox, and they're painting the hall, and I notice everybody's name is on a yellow post-it. Yeah. And I walk in with my agent, and I said to the room, I go, you should keep those yellow post-its, what with you guys getting fired every two weeks. (laughs) Even my agent didn't laugh. Yeah. And I was like, read the room. All right, yeah, <laughs> that's,
0: like, but some,
1: my mouth gets me in so much trouble. But that's because what, if it's funny, I go, "Oh, well, surely they'll see that's funny."
0: <laughs> but that's one of those things you do have to read the room. But that's one of those things that, like, if they laughed, you'd have been a conquering hero. But it's hard for them to laugh when it's about them losing their job.
1: Isn't uh, but isn't er, almost every comic the one who? You know, we're all looking this way. Don't look at that. And
0: you go, no, look at that. Absolutely. I one of the things I like to say about what makes someone a comic is if you like, let's say there's a a protest on the news and whatever the thing that's being protest doesn't matter. And most people who watch that will say one of two things. They'll either say, I agree with that cause or they'll say, I can't believe those people agree with that cause. And comics watch that and go, is that guy eating a sandwich? In the middle of that protest? Why is that guy eating a sandwich? And we see these inconsequential details. It's the incongruity. And it's what makes life funny and it's what makes life interesting. And I believe it's what makes life worth living. To be able to well, see the – you don't see the forest. You don't see the trees. You see the branches. You see the leaves.
1: see the squirrel being suffocated and asphyxiated <laughs> by the Australian Yeah, Yeah, I yeah, – I, I tell you, that is the thing that scares me the most about enforcing views onto people who are te- When you say woke to me, when you say yeah. woke, I'm all for treating every single living thing with civility and humanity and equality. Yeah. I get that. But for, but on, on some level you go, are we too, because your life as a writer is a detail. Yeah, it's all the details. So, is it is it a, is it a salient detail? Is it a detail worth mentioning? Or and that's where I go well. Identity and and every detail about a human being should be, you know, you should be able to go well. This is this, and this is this, and these people did this, you yeah. know. And if you if you sand away all the details, it feels false to me.
0: Well, and that's part of why I think that there's a big difference between liberal and progressive yeah because progressive is about finding what will push us forward whereas to me and this is my own definition to me liberal and when people call me a liberal i'm like absolutely not um i'm a fierce progressive yeah but liberal to me is anything that makes someone happy is okay and i am way more for the greater good than the individual and i think that that is when you send away the in an in effort to allow people to be the most individual they can be, you are sanding away the details of society. And details are important. Uh, as long the, as you're celebrating them yeah, and not d- but the, using the, them to hurt the,
1: people. The, the little details and the idiosyncrasies and the common, uh, even forget differences, the commonality yeah. and noticing it is, is, is what sort of makes us human.
0: Right. What makes us different and what makes us the same.
1: The, the the problem we get into is when when somebody takes a true statement and uses it as a as a sword on another group yeah you know that's when you go oh well they're not ready to hear they're not ready to be in this group yet they're not ready to cuz obviously I'm talking about online where you read stuff and you just go oh my god yeah you know not well, where I was going at all well, we you know what have, i mean Right.
0: But- and and there is a there's a weird human nature thing where and I've had this not just online, but I've had this in, in disagreements with people in real life, whether it is someone who I am dating or whether it's a friend or a relative. The idea where you say something, they react to it in a negative way, and you go, oh, no, that's not what I meant. I meant this. And you explain what you meant, and they continue to react to the original interpretation of what right. they thought you meant. And no, you've it's a already, gotcha thing. Right. You've already explained to me that like, oh, no, 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 either I misspoke, you misunderstood, whatever the miscommunication was, because communication isn't perfect. And whatever the miscommunication was, you go, oh, no, this is actually what I believe and this is actually what I think. And they go, well, you clearly think something else. And it's like, no, but I, I but I don't.
1: I said something online one time. I said, oh, so but we, Hillary Clinton is that, but but Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm. America's ready for you know, a gay president. And I said that and everybody lost their shit as though I was saying, there's no way we should have a gay president. What I was saying was, I don't see this country as being very modern or smart or progressive or ready because of the evangelicals and because of the massive... Yeah, yeah. I was just saying that I really don't see that happening, and the, and it was it, it was just okay. Um, no, no, no. You're right. Oh yeah, everybody's accepting and great, and they see. You know what I mean? It's like, really? Yeah. Are we really gonna live in that?
0: Well, so you can't they, have any debate. They came if, at you for something that that you, for they came at you for a point you weren't making. Right. And I do understand that we all have responsibilities with words, and especially those of us who use words for a living have more of a responsibility than other people. But at the same time, it's so easy for a tweet, something super yeah. short or uh, something that could be in context. Um, you know, I mean, just even a reference.
1: Well, there's uh, Sarah Silverman made a tweet, and oh my God, just like yesterday or today. Yeah. And it was the diarrhea of Anne Frank. Okay, that's all it's, she said. That's all she said. It's not the greatest joke. It's even yeah. from and and I saw the pushback and okay, all she was doing was saying that the word diary, diary sounds like diarrhea. That's all yeah, she. She wrote saying. the diarrhea of Anne Frank on Twitter, and I was like, okay, well, because it was just uh, the massive outcry. But then I go, well, but then her likes. You know, I'm always trying to gauge what the hell, what's yeah. going on here. Like, if you've got anytime you see a thousand comments and like four likes, you go, "Oh, this
0: is going to be great." Yeah, they call that you they know? call that being ratioed. Yeah,
1: you got ratioed. I do. Also, I'm I have to point out that it's hysterical that there's there's that that there's uh, two men talking about being woke.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, but but we're we're talking about it from the thing of like we're trying our best,
1: right? Which, by the way. You should get some effort for or you should get some uh some sort of I, trophy. I disagree as with a, that. As a white man, I deserve a trophy for uh, trying to be decent. Well, thanks for making That's this podcast all I'm saying. Thanks for making this
0: podcast go viral, Mark. I appreciate that. Can't um, we just
1: give Older white men trophies for trying to be decent. Maybe they'll go away.
0: This is, uh, <laughs> yeah, the generation that, that started the trophy thing. I, I think right. that.
1: Which, oh, also, by the way, I want to say my biggest, yeah. people like, what's the biggest influence in your comedy? It's Kurt Vonnegut.
0: Really? Yes. Well, I wanna I want to go back and correct the record for a second. I think I would go the opposite way, and I think the least people can do is try. And I don't think everybody needs to succeed. But I think trying to be nicer to other people should be the bare minimum that that we do.
1: I don't – you know, I said something the other day that I said sometimes and occasionally I do. I do feel bad um, about just spewing on fascists online. But then I remember the greatest generation killed them and I go, well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they killed fascists. We're just making fun of them. All right, Yeah, I just made fun of them. We could have eight other podcasts on this. Um, We have to wrap up. But um, it is – I do, I do really like the dirty raisin thing because it is something that you know. And the lesson, I think, the lesson is that when you truly believe in what you're creating, you have to push back. You just, you know, what I, I should have,
1: and I didn't. You know, and that's how we learn. I will tell you a short thing. I drove up to, I moved up to L.A. twice. Yeah. First time I moved up, I failed miserably. By the way. Uh, and I didn't have anywhere to live, and I'm sleeping in a Carmen Gia. It's like Brad Pitt's Carmen Gia, and yeah. uh, I have that car, except mine's orange. I bought it off the piano player at the comedy store. I'm sleeping in it. The roof doesn't work, and it's torn, and it's raining. And that's when you go, maybe
0: I shouldn't do comedy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I mean really it's like you have these moments where you go oh my god why am I doing this
0: right but then you realize that everyone has those moments right and you know and for some people that's the toughest thing because how do you know when you are right to doubt what you want right because there are plenty of people who I mean one of the things I like to point out is the rock
1: first show was 70s by the way
0: that's the first time he was on television first
1: time aside from Jim or uh, Ed McMahon, Jim McMahon? Yeah. One of the McMahons, the big puffy one. Yeah. Uh, The first time Rock played a role, he played it on 70s.
0: Well, the amazing thing when you think about The Rock is he spent his whole life pursuing football. And that was his dream. And he kind of didn't make it. Now, that was due to injury a great deal. But at the same time, he imagine like when people go, oh man, it's been, I spent 10 years pursuing this thing. And it's like, he spent 15 years pursuing something else entirely. Right. And then, started all over. And became way more of a success of the second thing. All right, I gotta wrap up. But, okay. Um, Mark, it's been been—it's been such a pleasure. Um, what do you wanna plug? Tell the people where they can see you, where they can find I, out more? Know,
1: without my calendar at this age, I don't even know where I am. Social media then. I am on Instagram. And I post things there. I'm on Facebook when I'm not banned, which I'm banned right now. You're in Facebook jail? Yes, I am. Uh, because I called someone a cracker, and I think it was the president's son. Uh, and Kid Rock. <laughs> it was Kid Rock.
0: You called Kid Rock a cracker?
1: I, no, I called. I, I said it was a picture of uh, Trump Jr. and Kid Rock, and I said, um, trust. One rapper and one dumb cracker.
0: Yeah, and that got <laughs> and you they banned. Because uh,
1: cracker is apparently a derogatory term.
0: And delicious.
1: Yes. Well, they're white, weak, and fragile, but they can be
0: salty. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All
0: right. Uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of Failing Forward, and uh, we'll see you again next week.